excited about today because I'm a Star Wars nerd. And so we're looking at Star Wars Episode 7, The Force Awakens today. And if you haven't seen the movie, um, that's okay. Um, And and I will tell you this from the get-go and some of the other at-the-movie sermons we've done, we've shown you how the movie's ended, but we're just not gonna do that. So if you wanna see it, um, you're gonna have to rent it. If you don't wanna see it, it's your lucky day because you won't even know how it ends. So um, so we'll jump right in. Uh, the, The movie begins with a character named Poe Dameron. He's a resistance pilot, and he's on a secret mission to retrieve a map that may lead to the whereabouts of Luke Skywalker, a Jedi master who's gone into seclusion. Dameron acquires a map that gives, and then gives it to a BB-8 unit. It's a ball-shaped robot for safekeeping. As the transaction occurs, the evil First Order arrives, and stormtroopers begin rounding up local inhabitants in search of the map as well. The First Order hopes to find Skywalker to kill the last remaining Jedi, while the Resistance hopes to recruit him into their ranks to train a new generation of Jedi and turn the tide of the war. As the stormtroopers are ransacking the village, one soldier struggles with his orders. has happened to you. You know what I've come for. I know where you come from. Before you called yourself Kylo Ren. The map to Skywalker. We know you found it. And now you're going to give it to the First Order. The First Order rose from the dark side. You did not. I'll show you the dark side. You may try. But you cannot deny the truth. That is your family. You're so right. first you talk first i talk first the old man gave it to you it's just very hard to understand you with all the search him apparatus
FN-2187 was a compliant soldier. He was doing a job until one day, uh, that job and the orders he received were gonna cause him to cross a line that he was not comfortable crossing. He realized that what he was about to do was, was contrary to what his convictions were, and there was conflict within him, and so he made a choice. He made a decision. And what we have to understand in our life is we have a choice. Uh, we are not doomed or destined to go down the path that, that maybe we seem to have been going on. Our family and our heritage and our background and our finances, none of those things determine your future and your destiny. What determines your future and destiny is your choice. You get to make a choice about how your story ends up and what your story looks like. Um, you get to choose regardless of what your family heritage is, regardless of what your background is, regardless of what your backstory is, you get to choose what the rest of your story looks like. Uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 29, uh, the nation of Israel had been wandering around the wilderness for almost 40 years. Uh, they had been waiting and biding their time before they could go into the promised land. And, and almost an entire generation of people had died waiting to cross the prom into the promised land. And, and God, uh, he comes to the people and he reaffirms uh, his commitment and his covenant with the nation of Israel. And the reason this is important is because um, he had made a covenant with Abraham. He had made a covenant with Moses. But what he's doing is he's reaffirming a covenant with the children and grandchildren of the people he had previously had this covenant with. And basically what he's saying is, I, I wanna have a covenant with you, not just with the nation, but with you. 
Not just with your parents, not just with your grandparents, but with you personally. So it, it didn't make any difference that they had been raised in that thing. He wanted to know them personally. He wanted to have a covenant with them. And so Deuteronomy chapter 30, it says this. See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. So he says, I've set a choice before you, life and good, death and evil. We get to choose. And then he goes on to say in verse 16, if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you today, and this is how we obey the commandments of the Lord, by loving the Lord your God, by walking in his ways, and by keeping his commandments and his statutes and its rules, then if we do that, then you shall live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering to take possession of it. That sounds like a pretty good deal. If, if we choose to walk and follow the ways of God for our lives, we, we choose to apply our lives to Scripture instead of applying, uh, trying to see how Scripture fits into our lives, if we will say, I'm gonna conform my life to the Word of God, then God says, I can bless you. I can bless your family. I can bless future generations. But this is what it says in verse 17. But if your heart turns away and you will not hear, but are drawn away to worship other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not live long in the land that you're going over the Jordan to enter and possess. Now, many times when we think of idols, we think of literally a small little idol that we'd set up in our house and we would bow down and worship. And that's not how idolatry works. See, idolatry isn't worshiping bad things. It's taking a good thing and making it supreme. And so what's happened is, is God is saying, you have a choice to make. You can choose to worship me. You can choose to follow my statutes and my principles and apply scripture to your life and, and conform your life to my word. Or you can choose to worship a false god. You can choose to worship an idol. You can choose to take maybe something that's good and make it supreme and do that. But if you do, you have to understand the consequences. And something I've told my girls over and over, especially when they were younger, is good choices get rewarded and bad choices get punished. And this is a principle that's true no matter if you are one or you're 101. This is a, a very true principle in our world, that if we make wise choices, we're gonna get blessed. If we make poor choices, we're gonna get punished. And this is true in scripture too. And this is what God is telling the nation of Israel. Just understand this principle. If you will simply make a choice to walk in the ways of God, God says, that's when I can bless you. That's when your life will begin to come together and good things will begin to happen. And, and I can work with that. But if you live in sin and you chase your own passions and pursue your own purposes, that's when God says, I can't bless you. And in fact, that road is going to lead to death. So we have a choice to make today. Um, the actor, Tom Hanks, uh, he, I, I read a quote that he had said recently, and he said, some people are cowards. I think by and large, a third of people are villains. A third are cowards, and a third are heroes. Now, a villain and coward can choose to be a hero, but they've got to make that choice. The biggest difference between someone who's uh, a hero and a villain in this life is simply the choices we make. If we will make a choice to conform our lives to the picture that God's got for us, God can work with that. God can transform it. God can do amazing things. So my question to you today is what choices are you making and where are those choices leading you? Are they leading to life? Or are they leading to death? See, Finn makes a choice. Uh, he makes a choice to leave the first order and he escapes and meets a scavenger, a girl named Ray. And Ray has spent her whole life waiting for her family that left her behind on a desert planet called Jakku. She is a robot with her, BB-8, who you saw in that previous scene, uh, who she met while escape, he was escaping the First Order. So the First Order is in hot pursuit of this trio now. 
and they steal an old freighter and escape only to be captured by the rightful owner of that freighter, a man named Han Solo. Solo is a mythical figure who explains to the trio what's really going on. So, fugitives, huh? The First Order wants the map. Finn is with the resistance. I'm just a scavenger. See what you got. Go ahead. This map's not complete. It's just a piece. Ever since Luke disappeared, people have been looking for him. Why did he leave? He was training a new generation of Jedi. One boy, an apprentice, turned against him and destroyed it all. Luke felt responsible. He just walked away from everything. Do you know what happened to him? A lot of rumors, stories. People that knew him best think he went looking for the first Jedi temple. The Jedi were real. I used to wonder about that myself. Thought it was a bunch of mumbo jumbo. A magical power holding together good and evil, the dark side and the light. Crazy thing is. It's true. The force, the Jedi. See, Ray and Finn, they were raised in a way that they thought the stories that they had heard were myth. They thought the stories they had heard were made up. And so in this moment, uh, when Han Solo tells them, no, it's true, I've experienced it, they, they have this moment where they question and go, are, are you serious? Is it real? Because they'd never experienced it before. They'd never seen it before. They'd never touched it or felt it or smelt it before. And so in that moment, they had to believe something that they couldn't see. And that's what we have to do as well. We have to take a step to believe without seeing. Um, many people in our world today have an attitude of, I'll believe it when I see it. Oh, well, I'll believe that when I see it. Even some of the things as a church that we've done, um, you know, we say, hey, here's what we're gonna begin doing. Here's what I feel like God's led us to do. And people, people go, oh, well, I'll believe it when I see it. And I get that. It's our natural tendency to have a little bit of doubt and go, okay, I'm gonna have to see that before I'll believe it. But in God's economy, that's not how God works because what God says is you'll see it when you believe it. When you believe, that's when you're gonna begin to see. And that's what he challenges us to do. In Hebrews chapter 11, I wanna encourage you, take, a, take some time this week and read Hebrews chapter 11. It's the it's a chapter all about faith. Uh, but Hebrews chapter 11 verse one says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. For by it, people of old received their commendation. So people of old, all the heroes of faith that we talk about, they, they they were commended for their faith because of what they believed. They believed something without seeing it and God brought it all together and they were able to do incredible things for his glory because they believed without seeing. It says, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. If I told you today, there's a table right here, right here, there's a table, it would be easy to believe me, right? Because you can see it. 
It has substance and value. You go, oh yeah, it's there. It's taking up space. This, and you have conviction about it, right? You can see it. And, and that same conviction we have when we see something, what faith is, is having that kind of conviction about something we don't see. Saying, you know what? Uh, I don't see my marriage getting healthier. My, my marriage is a mess right now. But, but I'm believing with conviction that it's gonna be healthy even when it doesn't look like it's healthy. You know what, my health has been a mess. I haven't been feeling good, I've been struggling, I've, I've had this diagnosis and this diagnosis, and I'm believing by faith something that I don't see. I'm believing that I'm gonna be healed. Now, I don't see that in the physical, but I see that with my faith. I believe it and I'm gonna see it. And that's the difference, because as people of faith, we have to believe it in order to see it. But the world says, well, I'll believe it when I see it. And that's not the way God works. See, the, Joshua was leading the nation of Israel after Moses died. He was the leader of Israel. And Joshua, if you remember, Joshua and Caleb um, were the two Hebrew spies that went in to scout out the promised land. And they came back with a report and they were overruled. So the nation of Israel had to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. So after Moses died, Joshua was the heir apparent. And this is what God says to Joshua in Joshua chapter one, verse two. God says to to Joshua, Moses, my servant is dead. Like, wow, God, that's some incredible bedside manner you've got, right? Like you don't ease into that. Like I know you and Moses were really good friends, Joshua. I've got some bad news for you today, right? Like, no, he just... Hits him with it. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all the people, into the land that I'm giving to them. Again, he he doesn't say I'm giving the land to you. He says I'm giving the land to them, the people. And it says to the people of Israel, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you just as I promised to Moses from the wilderness and this Lebanon, uh, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. And then he he goes on to say three times, be strong and courageous. And then he finishes up by saying, do not be frightened, do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you. He's going with you. Now, it's funny that he would be encouraging this way because Joshua's already seen the land, right? He knows that it's a good land. But I think God knows that Joshua's trying to lead a people who have never been to that land before. He's trying to take people to a place they've never been, they've never seen, they've never experienced. And so the job that Joshua has is to tell the people, If you will just believe it, you will see it. You've gotta believe what you can't see. It's incredible, I promise, because they remembered the stories of the giants. They remembered the stories of how they were like grasshoppers in their presence. And Joshua had to convince them, what is in front of us is better than what's behind us. Let's move forward. Believe what you can't see. I promise it's gonna be good. And so God was telling him, hey, be courageous and strong. Be very courageous. Do not be afraid. He was encouraging him. Hey, it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be difficult. But you have to believe what you can't see and you have to help others believe what they can't see as well. And that is a tough job to do, but that is exactly what God calls us to do over and over and over to be people of vision for our own lives, for our community, for our church, that we believe what we can't quite see. We, we trust God in such a way that we say, I'm gonna have big faith and I'm gonna believe big things and this might be a little bit risky for me to go out and step on this limb, but I'm trusting that God is leading me here. And it's not just our job to live that way, but it's our job to help others live that way as well. So my question to you is, what are the areas that God is asking you to trust him in more? In your relationships, in your finances? 
Maybe it's with your job. Maybe God's challenging you to quit your job and take another job that seems a little bit scary. Maybe he's asking you to to see what you can't see, believe what you can't see, and to take a step of faith. So what are you gonna do this week to begin to believe without seeing? So our heroes arrive at a cantina so that its proprietor, a, a person, I say that loosely, named Maz, can get the BB unit to the resistance. While there, Ray investigates a strange sound that leads her to a box that contains much more than she expects. shouldn't have gone in there. That lightsaber was Luke's and his father's before him, and now it calls to you. I have to get back to Jack. Han told me. Dear child, I see your eyes. You already know the truth. Whomever you're waiting for in Jakku, they're never coming back. But there's someone who still could. The belonging you seek is not behind you, it is ahead. I love that line at the end. The belonging you seek is not behind you, it's ahead. And one of the things Ray had to do, one of the things Finn had to do is they had to leave their past behind. And that's what we have to do as well. We have to leave our past behind. Um, In order to do what God wants us to do and in order to accomplish uh, the things that God wants to accomplish, in order to be the things God wants us to be, you have to leave your past behind. See, throughout this film, 
Ray struggled with trying to get back to Jakku because that's where her parents had left her and that's hopefully where her family would come back. And so she kept wanting to go back, wanting to go back and wanting to go back, but it was keeping her from ultimately getting to where she wanted to be. She wanted to explore. She wanted to discover her destiny, but she couldn't because her past kept her trapped. And it's so easy for us to live lives that our, trap, uh, our past keeps us trapped and prevents us from moving into the destiny that God's got for us. The Apostle Paul talks about this to, uh, to uh, the, the Philippian church, and he says this in Philippians 3, verse 13. Brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own. He's talking about uh, maturity or being perfected in the faith. So he says, I haven't accomplished that yet. But he says, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call, of God in Christ Jesus. So he says, the one thing I do, the one thing I'm getting right is I, I leave my past behind and I keep my eyes focused on what's in front of me and I press on, I keep going, no matter how difficult it is, no matter how hard it is, I never look back, I keep moving forward. And then he goes on to say in verse 15, let those of us who are mature think this way and if anything you think, other, or if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal this also to you. So he says, this is the mindset as mature believers we need to have is that we focus on the future, that we're looking forward to what God's taking us to and we're not constantly dwelling on the past. We're not constantly living in the past because it's so easy to dwell on the past failures and disappointments, to, to, to hold on to a dream from our past. And we've talked about this before. Sometimes God will resurrect dead dreams in our lives, but sometimes God wants us to lay a dead dream to rest and move on to an even better dream that God's got for us in the future. Sometimes God wants us to lay aside a vision that we had for our life so we can pick up a vision that God's got for our lives. We have to let go of our past. And one of the problems is, um, I, I, I think we're so addicted to comfort in our world, that the dysfunction we know is better to us than the future that we don't know. We would rather pick a dysfunctional relationship than move into a healthy relationship that we don't know. We'd rather stay in a job that we hate and that we get ulcers over. And right now, some of you are thinking, oh gosh, I gotta go back to work tomorrow, right? And we would rather do that in a job we know than step out in faith and, and begin to find the new job that maybe God's got for you. We, we would rather stay in dysfunction than move into the unknown future. And that is not what God's got for us. Because what happens is we, we stop dreaming and trusting God with our future and we begin repeating the past. We see the nation of Israel did this very thing. They kept saying, if only, yes, we're, we're free now, but if only we just go back to Egypt. Man, we had food. Yes, we were slaves. And yes, life was miserable. And yes, it was horrible. And yes, we wanted to get out of there. But... Man, at least we knew what we were dealing with. At least there were no unknowns. And this is what I've realized. Israel had left Egypt, but Egypt had not left Israel. They still carried Egypt deep in their hearts. And in order to move into the future that God's got for you, you have to leave your past behind. This is what God is calling us to do. This is what God calls us to do even further. In Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18, it says, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? It will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. God is doing a new thing. God wants to do a new thing in your life. 
And none of us like change, but the truth is, change is a constant in our life. You are constantly changing, but God wants to improve your life. He wants to take you to a new place, but you've gotta leave your past behind. See, this is what Jesus constantly did. He would call people to follow him, but he would call them out of their old life into a new life. They had to trust him. They had to believe without seeing, and they had to leave their past behind. He would say, hey, come follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. I don't even know what that means, but they would get up and go. Let's do this. They would leave their old life behind. They would leave their old family behind, and they would make a choice to, to believe what they couldn't see and to leave their past behind, and it made all the difference in the world. See, God wants to do this in our lives. How do we do that? How do we see God do incredible? How do we see God work in your family and in your life? Well, you have a choice to make. You have to choose God, very simply. Choose to follow the path of God for your life. Choose to make him Lord of your life, truly in every way, and not just in church attendance, but we make him the center of our world. Then we believe, believe without seeing. We believe what he says, even when we don't see it. And then we leave our past behind. We choose to leave behind our old life for a new life in him. God wants to do that, and it's terrifying, but it's worth it. Let's pray. God, I love you. I'm so grateful that uh, you call us to do big things. You haven't called any of us just to survive, but you, God, you want every one of us in this room to do something incredible for your glory. So God, I pray today you'd help us make that choice for you and to walk with you and to make you the center of our world, God. You'd help us believe without seeing and have a deep faith that believes for big things. And God, I pray that you'd help us leave our past behind, God, past dreams, Lord, past disappointments, past hurts, past failures, and let us walk boldly into the future that you've got for us. So God, have your way with us over these next few moments. Now with your head bowed and your eyes closed, if you're here today and you say, Mel, you know what? What you're talking about today, that's me, and I'm not walking with God. Maybe you made a choice at one point, but you haven't really been walking with the Lord, but you say today, I'm gonna make a choice. I'm gonna leave my past behind, and I wanna choose to follow God. I wanna make him Lord of my life. I'm not gonna embarrass you or make you come forward. I wanna pray with you right where you are. So if that's you today, if you're here and you say, I wanna make that choice, I'm gonna ask you to be, to be bold about what we're about to do. I just want you to raise your hand real high up in the air where I can see it. I'm gonna acknowledge you and pray with you. So if that's you, thank you, up in the balcony. Who else would say, that's me, pray for me. I wanna make Jesus Lord of my life. Raise your hand real high where I can see it. Thanks, sir. In the middle section. And who else would join these and say, that's me. Thank you, up here on my left. Praise God. Thank you, over here on my far left. Up at the floor, praise the Lord. Thank you, a couple of hands here in the center section. Praise God. Just a few more seconds. Anyone else wanna join these and say, that's me, I'm gonna make a choice? Thanks, back here in the back by the camera. Praise God. Fantastic. Well, this is what I'd like to do. Whether you raised your hand or not, I want you to, I want everyone in the room, keep your head bowed and your eyes closed. I want us to say this prayer together. Scripture tells us that when we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Christ rose from the dead, we're saved. And so we're gonna make that confession. We're gonna mean it today. So pray this with me. Dear Jesus, thank you for saving me, even when I didn't deserve it. So thank you for paying the price for my sins by dying on the cross. Thank you that you rose and that you make intercession on my behalf. So today, I choose you. I'm leaving my old life behind and I choose to believe 
what I don't see. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for saving me. I am yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's celebrate that today. Thank you, John. Listen, those of you that prayed that prayer, I want to encourage you, uh, take this card out of the seat back in front of you. It, it might say need prayer or salvation, but take it out, fill out the side that says salvation and drop it in one of our offering boxes before you leave today. We want to help you take the next step. We've got resources for you. Uh, we've got things you can be a part of. Uh, we want to get you connected to our uh, our, our new believers group that we have just for you. It's called Starting Point. So get this into us. Let us connect with you. Let us help you on your faith journey so that you know you're not alone. If you need prayer for any reason, you can fill out the other side of that card, drop it in one of our offering boxes. You can also email your prayer to prayer at summitpa.church or in just a moment, the worship team's gonna lead us in one final song and our prayer team's gonna be available. If you need prayer, as soon as we begin to sing, step out from your seat and find one of our prayer team members. So we want to agree with you in prayer no matter what your need is today. Like I said, these guys are gonna lead us in one final song before Pastor Todd dismisses us. So let's stand to our feet. We're gonna sing and worship together and then we're gonna be dismissed. Guys, I love you more than you know and I'm so honored I get to be your pastor. God bless you. <laughs>